Ciao, Bella. I am Ronnie and Ryan, love and cosmic coach, and this is the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit. Tune into the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and click the bell to subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. I offer listeners cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, psychic, intuitive, or card readings, or learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading. Learn more at nevertoolate.biz. May good fortune and magic come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. In this episode of the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast, my guest is Laura Hale. She's an intuitive guide, a yoga instructor, a Reiki master, and a hypnosis practitioner. She loves to help people access and trust their intuition, specifically by learning to make intuitive decisions. No more pro and con lists. Woo, that's a relief. No more looking at all the possibilities. Instead, Laura wants to help you learn to access your own inner guru so you can feel confident taking your next steps. She also has a passion for cardology, which we're going to learn more about the astrology and numerology of a regular deck of playing cards. So now let's meet Laura. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Ronnie. I don't know what to talk about first. Let's start with cardology. I'm so curious about that. Perfect. Okay. Cardology is called the science of the cards. It's also called the destiny card system, the cards of destiny. There are probably like 50 names for it, but it is supposedly from Atlantis. And a man in the 1800s wrote a book. His name is Olney Richmond. And he kind of lays out how the playing cards align with our calendar system. So every person has a card for their birthday. And so if you're like an April 2nd birthday, you would share the same card with everyone that's born on April 2nd. And that card actually has a whole hand. So the cards are laying on these two spreads. One is considered the current life spread, meaning the human existence. And the other spread is considered the God spread or the spiritual spread. And like, it's kind of like what we're trying to attain. Your card in your hand can describe your personality, much like, you know, if you're an Aries or Cancer in astrology. And then inherent in the card is the hand itself. So like you'll have a Mercury card in your hand, you have a Jupiter card in your hand. And so whatever that Jupiter card is, you have the Jupiter energy it for that card. So it's like it, whatever that card is, it brings you expansion and abundance. And you can look at that to see how to, how to get more abundance. And then the cards also talk about relationships. So let's say you have someone in your life who has your Jupiter card, they would have a Jupiter influence to you. So you would, guys would feel Jupiter to each other, which means you would feel expansive and you would, you would teach each other, but it would be kind of like nice and it would feel good and it would push you a little bit, but in a good way versus if you have a Saturn person, they're, they're like your classroom and they're teaching you sat Saturnian lessons and it's kind of difficult. So you're kind of locked into these energies and there isn't really anything you could do to change the energies, but you can learn how to manage them. 
And then the third piece to this is that you have cards for every year of your life. So you have a spread for when you were zero, one, two, all the way to 99. And then of course it starts over. So actually at 45, it starts over. At 45, you have sort of a rebirth, which is probably how the cards would talk about the midlife crisis. <laughs> and so you basically yeah. start your cards back over at 45. They just sort of tell you the lessons that you're, you're working with. And they also tell you how different people are showing up in your life. The whole system has this idea of sort of operating out of the lower side, or I would say like the ego version of the card, and then operate out of the more spiritual version of the card. So you always have an option of how to, how to kind of look at what it is that you're dealing with. For example, if the nine of clubs or the nine of hearts or any nine shows up in your cards, that could, those are endings, things that are finalizing and ending. So you can look at those endings as being really difficult, or you can look at them as graduations, moving you on to the next phase of your life. So it's, it's all about your perception of what's going on in your life and, and your viewpoint of how you're seeing those things. Are you saying that I sit before you, or maybe you do it on Zoom, and then you shuffle the deck, or you ask me what my birthday is, and you start with that card and you look it up, or how, like, how does that work? I love that you just asked that question because yes and yes. <laughs> there, are t- there are two different things here. So cardology and, and the destiny card system is considered a science. And so there's actually a computer system that you can look the cards up in. There's a book you can look your cards up in. And, and it's sort of like a plug and play kind of thing. Your, your birthday is this certain date and we can tell certain things about that card and its personality and your challenges and obstacles. And then we can look at your relationships through the lens of that card. And we can look at the cards you're having right now in this year. Separate from that, they would label the other thing that you're talking about as cardomancy. It's using the playing cards as a tarot deck. I see. They have definitions for the playing cards and cardomancy, but I think they're really negative. So I've bailed on that. I've made up my (laughs) own deck. So I would do in a reading, I would do a combination of looking at your cards for the year and doing like a playing card shuffle to more an intuitive reading based on the playing cards that I'm shuffling more like a tarot reading. I do know people do sometimes use a regular playing deck to do readings, but what you're talking about is different because it's based on that system. But I didn't realize there was a book and a whole system in it. That's it's really, and how old it is. That's also really interesting that it's really old. Now, I mean, really, did they have a deck of playing cards before Atlantis? Who knows? Um, (laughs) If you look, if you look up the, history of like the playing cards and the tarot cards there are a lot of different cultures that kind of claim creating them yeah so you can't really find you know they have different sort of philosophies of who started maybe they came from china but no one really knows from europe in the renaissance isn't that interesting i think they yeah and so there's different stories and different people claiming that they're the, the the originator of the cards and then how the tarot and the the actual playing cards evolved from each other is also sort of up in the air, people claiming different things about being the creators of the cards. But I actually have on my website, you can look up your card and get several paragraphs about it. And then I have a course for every single card. So if you want to dive really deep, you could do that. And then I also have the relationships. You can look up your relationships and find out the the two main energies between you and the other person and get a report based on that. And for me, what I I found, it is really exciting. And I've not found this to be proven wrong yet. But um, I think it really helps, especially with the relationships for, especially if you're having like a difficult time with someone or you're just having a difficult time in your relationship, it, it gives you a perspective of like what the purpose of the relationship really is for you. 
mm-hmm. and sort of maybe why you've chosen. It, it, it lets you step outside of the day-to-day difficulty, you know, and yeah. go, okay, why am I choosing this experience right now? What am I supposed to be learning or evolving? How am I evolving from it? So we really put this together to try to get you to reflect on things. And we have questions and pro tips and ways to help manage the energy and your challenges and your obstacles and your the purpose of your card. And kind of like the whole theory is that your soul chose the birthday to have sure. this. Yeah. Just like astrology, like to have this all of these things that you needed to learn or, or whatever experiences you wanted to have through the lens of this, this energy of this card and its hand. My mother said I was 13 days late. And I always say, that's my reason why I just can't catch up. So I'm late to everything. <laughs> that's hilarious. I started 13 days late. What do you want from me? Right? Yeah. What am I going to do about that? It's too late. Well, thank you for filling us in. And I'm going to have to go poke around your website for sure and check it out just because I'm really curious now what, what I'm going to discover. I personally, I'm not the biggest fan of astrology. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Everybody has the right to love something else or whatever. I had two astrology readings in my 30s and they both said that I would never marry. It wasn't in the stars for me. So eh, they were wrong. And I think that also has to do with free will because I had a very strong independent streak the way everything was set up or whatever. And so they just, they were like, oh, I don't really see a marriage for you. Meanwhile, I've been married for almost 22 years, but. I'm not a fan of black and white. I mean, I'm, to yes. me, it's like, why would you ever say that to someone? Well, they were telling <laughs> me what they thought, I guess. They didn't yeah. see that, you know, it's like they didn't see partnership showing up for me. So I can't blame them, but I can decide if I like it or not. So. Yeah, that's right. And maybe you're just supposed to really look at that when they say that to you. It's like, okay, this is in front of me. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge to say, I have to decide if this is something I want or not. Exactly. And I did. I really needed to get serious. So so let's talk about intuition. You have a course going on right now. And I was reading all about it. And you said something about the beach and intuition. And I'm like, what is that about? Okay, so the program that I'm running, which I'm going to run several times this year, is I call it intuition activation. And so it's a, based off of the work of a man named William Hewitt. And it's a series of guided visualization and meditations to help you. It's like program your mind to go to theta, which is where emotional healing takes place and where you can sort of, it's almost like learning how to direct your life from a different plane of existence. So it's going into a different level of consciousness on how, and how to make your life be the way you want it to. So there are a lot of different techniques that also go along with this, but one of the techniques is to go onto the beach of consciousness. And it's just this visualization where you go out from your intuitive workshop, which you've already built at this point in the, in the class. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me just clarify. So your intuitive workshop. So part of the class, there's a lesson on how to create a space that you imagine that you go to? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. All right. So now going forward. Yeah. Now from the intuitive workshop that you've created, you go out to the beach and the beach is really where you do a couple of things. You um, kind of like program love vibration into your mind. And then you also look to the past and to the future. So it's like this, you allow this fog to come in and then you turn to the left and you imagine whatever year in the past you want to go look at and and you project yourself into that year and then the same with the future going the other direction you actually look to the right i believe 
So it's a it's another location to go. And the reason it's the beach is because of the ocean. Because the idea of the water is is like our consciousness. Mm. And so it's tying those two things together in your mind and you're just you're creating these pathways in your mind to 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 have these skills to be able to do these things and we go on to work on healing and doing like goal setting and things like that at this other level of consciousness beyond what we're used to in the day-to-day -day alpha and beta brainwave ranges. Right. Wow. So alpha is everyday consciousness. Beta is a step inwards where things it, are calmer. It's backwards. I don't know why, but it is. Beta is when you're doing like math and thinking through problems and you're probably slipping into alpha in meditation. You're definitely an alpha when you're watching okay. TV. You might be an alpha when you're like vacuuming, when you kind of zone out a little bit. Yeah. I don't, they're backwards. I always, you have to remember beta first is normal and then alpha. And then, so alpha is the standard kind of meditation. And then there are several others, but we're trying and then to get theta, into theta. Theta is deeper than deeper. alpha. Yes. And then delta comes after that, right? I think so. And there's even maybe a gamma too. Which oh yeah, goes, gamma. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, we just got a little um, brainwave lesson. So that's yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, there's definitely ones when you're asleep and that's, you're not going to be able to consciously create what you want to be doing, like setting goals if you're in that all the way in this like sleep state. So that's why theta is sort of the in-between. They say theta is actually, it's almost that moment, like when you're kind of starting to fall asleep. Oh, that's when you're in it the most. And now we're trying to consciously create it. And, and be able to go there anytime. I always have like the craziest dreams just as I fall asleep. Like they are crazy, especially when I'm on the beach because I do sometimes <laughs> fall asleep in the sun. And they, they're they always like completely loony, super creative, wild, you know. Yeah, well, I think that's, no I sense. Think and I think that's kind of where the, I don't, I'm not a lucid dreamer. I've tried, but I'm, I'm just like, I don't have patience. So, but I think that that's, if, if you would like consciously direct yourself as you're getting ready to fall asleep to solve a problem or to, you know, whatever it is you want to do, have like, I don't know, have a cool dream that you like go do something fun. You might be able to direct that as you're before, before you get there and to see what happens. It'd be fun to play around with. Yeah. You know, I've literally fallen asleep mid sentence. <laughs> and I, so I'm saying something. <laughs> I have fallen asleep and I keep talking, but I'm not talking about the same thing anymore, but I don't miss a beat. And it's really funny because I had a boyfriend in college who would tell me like, you know, you stay up too late in college and it's two in the morning. And before you know it, I was asleep, but you know, my body just shuts off. So one time he said, I was saying, press the gold button. And we were cracking up so much like, what? Press the gold button. It must've been really important. <laughs> That's the gold button. It's just so funny. Anyway, but I digress. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about how you view intuition and, you know, how, how you use that with your clients or how you developed it. That might be interesting too. Well, the first thing that happened, and you know, I'm not one of these people that had like childhood experiences really, but I was in 2009, I got this really strange food allergy and I was having, it felt like sort of food poisoning off and on for a week. And so my dad's a family physician. So I called him and he ordered a blood test for me. And I said, I think they're food allergies because I had had a psychic reading two years before where she mentioned that and I'd forgotten all about it. 
hmm. until this happened. And he did not believe me. He thought I had IBS. So I get this blood panel and it's got eggs and tomatoes are off the charts. And then I have a really high eosinophil count, which is a high white blood cell count, which is one of the white blood cells, which is not good. So he then sends me to a skin prick allergy doctor where they check everything on, on your skin. And that guy is going through all these foods that I'm not going to be able to eat at least for a while. But he says to me, you're never going to be able to eat eggs again. And I'm sort of just paralyzed by the whole thing because I was like, this is a lot to take in. And I heard this voice in my head that just said no really loud. And I thought that wasn't me because I'm me. Laura is paralyzed and can't think. And, and so wow. I just left there and I cried for a while, of course. And then I was like, okay, I'm not living like this. I refuse. I just started. That's when I started going to see my first energy healer. And, and I just was in her space and I just thought, this is me. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I started taking psychic development courses and I did everything I could get my hands on. And for me, I've, I've really am working with how the body reacts and responds to, you know, decisions we have to make. Cause I really feel like there's a lot of intuition and inherent knowledge in the body. And then the other thing that happened, I, I'm a Reiki master, I'm a yoga teacher, but when I took the course I'm teaching now, the experience I had during that course I was blown away because it's really, it gives you like concrete proof that you do have intuitive or I would say psychic abilities. And I was just reading the rereading the first book of conversations with God. And he asks in that book, does every human have psychic abilities. And the God figure that's speaking in the book says, yes, everyone has psychic abilities. So that's just reinforcing this idea that we can be using our own internal guidance system to tell us what to do instead of what we're usually doing, which is like I, you said in the intro, making pro con lists, which can be helpful, but that's a very, you know, young, I would say masculine energy kind of way to do it. And I'm working more with the feminine intuition. So masculine energy is logic, feminine intuition. This has nothing to do with gender. And so if we can move away more from the masculine energy of decision-making and, and using our intuition instead, well, you'll take a lot of steps out that you're doing right now, you know, spent, you're spending a lot of energy. I mean, every time I've ever done a pro con list, I'm like, that was completely useless. I have no idea. Like what? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny to me. <laughs> but I just, I'm like, okay, I just have two lists and, and you're now you have to figure out, now you're making more decisions. You know, we make 35,000 decisions a day. You know, think. that blew me away. I read that on your website and I'm like, what? That's a lot. It's a lot. And and so I will tie into this in a moment, but we, I went to walk the Camino in 2018 and I realized because I did a guided tour that I wasn't making any decisions. I was deciding what to eat and what to put on based on the limited amount of clothing that I brought for an entire like eight day period. And I realized how much more relaxed I was because I didn't have to constantly, I mean, you're deciding your food and your clothes da, da, da. and if you have kids, it's probably like a million times more. Yeah. So I'm talking more about the big stuff, making decisions intuitively with the big stuff, but you could be doing it with your food. You know, you could really, the example I give people is really simple. Imagine and really kind of project yourself into your least favorite restaurant and you're going to order the worst thing you could possibly think of ordering that you would hate the most and put yourself in there like you're sitting down getting ready to eat it and just notice how that feels in your body. Ew. Yeah. You can feel Ew. like yourself kind of crunching in and like squeezing in. Now go to your favorite restaurant ordering your favorite thing, your happy place. And you just feel that lightness and that expansiveness. We could be making all of our decisions like this. So to me, the expansiveness is moving toward happiness, joy, ease, Sometimes relief, actually, I put over on that side. If you feel more relieved in one decision versus another, then that's more toward the expansive kind of 
relaxed energy and then versus the con constricting kind of squeezing energy. I mean, there are other times I notice I've followed it. Like speaking of marriage, I'm almost 45, still single. And I had a college boyfriend and you know, it was like, okay, we're, this is it. We're gonna maybe get married. I felt sick to my stomach. And so I just listened to that. Wow. And I don't regret it now. But um, so it's, it's, and I know several people that have like thrown up before their wedding. And then that marriage fell apart a few years later. It's like your body is trying to tell you what it needs and what it wants. And we're letting our minds override it. And I mean, yeah. to me, body and heart, you could kind of ask your heart what it wants and ask your body what it wants and ask your mind what it wants and kind of see what the three of them were trying to say to you. But a lot of times we're just going with our programming that's in our mind. And that's what I'm really trying to help people with is looking at that old programming that's keeping them locked in those locked in and really your intuitive gifts are just covered up. They're in there. You just have yep. to get them out and uncover them. So that's how I see intuition. Excellent. There's so much wrapped up in, you know, getting sick right before your wedding, because then you're thinking about <laughs> the embarrassment of having to tell everybody you're not having a wedding and all the deposits you're not going to get back. And there's just so much pressure. I, I, my, my heart goes out to anybody who goes through that or who is brave enough to call it off because, oh my gosh, like that takes a lot of internal fortitude. You got to do what's right for you. And you can understand how people just move forward anyway, just to see what happens. So, and sometimes you need that experience of moving forward anyway, to see that it's, you have to learn to listen to yourself. So sometimes we learn things the hard way. I'm often, yes, a fan of, I don't know if you'd call it a fan, but I often learn things the hard way, but Something else you mentioned was the Camino and walking the Camino. And so the first time I ever heard about that was years ago. My favorite, Shirley MacLaine, wrote a book called The Camino. What is this? And it was quite a story, but, you know, she is very dramatic. I mean, that's one thing we can say about Shirley. I've been following her since the beginning. She's been writing books for a long time. And it wasn't her first book when she wrote Out on a Limb. That was just the first book where she talked about her intuition. And then Dancing in the Light, when she went through all of her past lives, I was completely sucked in by that. And that's where I, I still love past life stuff today. But anyway, let's talk about the Camino. So, and you're actually taking a group? Yes. If you have read Shirley MacLaine's book, or if you know anything about the Camino, um, there's also a movie called The Way with Martin Sheen in it. And you can rent it on YouTube for like $4. So if you want to know more about that and get, get an idea about it, that's a really great movie to watch. The Camino is the Camino de Santiago de Compostela, which is in the town of Santiago is in Northwest Spain. And it is the Camino itself has been around for over a thousand years. And they basically the legend is that someone found the remains of St. James the Great in this field. Now, who knows? But <laughs> there was nothing out there. Compostela is the field of stars. So these youths, I think there were children actually that found these remains in this field. And the Catholic church then was like, okay, well let's, you know, basically use this as propaganda to talk about the church and everything. So they, people started walking and the original idea was you just step out of the front door of your house and walk. And of course, back then, if you walked all the way up there, you probably didn't leave and come back. So the town started to grow around this area because of the pilgrims. And now the most popular route goes from across the Pyrenees in southwestern France over to in northern Spain all the way over to this town. But there are routes everywhere. They come up from Portugal. They come up all the way up from different areas of Spain. There are people that have like walked out of their door in Russia and walked all the way over and just for months and months. Wow. And so you're, you could be camping in Spain in the northern route. It's really popular. So every three kilometers, there's a coffee shop or a bar or a town. And you are finding these places to 
stay every night. So these giant 40 or 50 bunk bed rooms where you're, and you're trying to get in and make sure you get a space if not you're camping and you're washing your clothes every night because you're carrying all of your stuff on your back. And so it can be really, really rugged and um, a physically difficult experience. I had no interest in that. And even, <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> even Shirley MacLaine, you know, talks about it in her book. She says, humans think they're supposed to be suffering. And I just don't believe that deep down. And so it even says that I just me neither. reread conversations with God. And he talks about that in there. And I also think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's like, if you have your physical body taken care of and you don't have to worry about your next meal or the place you're going to sleep, you can actually focus more on your spiritual self. I took this trip in 2018. I have a friend who is runs a tour company in Andalusia. And the way we met, I used to be a high school Spanish teacher. He was my tour guide. And you know, this is where the universe just puts you together. We actually are karma cards to each other. So we have karmic energy between us. He's got three brothers. I have four sisters. We both have a sibling with Down syndrome. So we bonded over this and have been friends for over a decade. And so he reached out to me and said, well, we're going to go on the Camino in a couple of months. Can you reach out to your yoga community and see if anybody would like to take the spaces? Well, I was supposed to be planning my friend's 45th birthday on the Camino. And every time I would look at a map, I would get so stressed out because you can start anywhere. You can end anywhere. You know, I'd be like, oh my God, I don't even know. And I spent three summers in Northern Spain. I know it really well. So I don't know how everyone else is doing this planning. So I said, yes, we're going to take those spaces. I don't want to think about it. And so they plan everything. We have hotels we stay in. They bus you out to the Camino each day. We walk, you know, we're going to be walking 15 miles a day most days. We are going to be doing a part that's coming from the south up into Santiago. So the whole thing is you walk the last hundred kilometers, then you get your certificate of completion. The first time I did it, I walked down in Andalusia, so we didn't even go to Santiago. But there is something, and Shirley MacLaine refers to this, about the one-way walk. It's like, you know, when we take walks here, you have to loop back. But when you're just walking, it's almost like you can feel the energy kind of drawing you Hmm. along because it's been thousands of years of people walking the same direction and she talks about the ley lines in the earth and I, I would say I could definitely feel that and and almost like the earth kind of pulling so it doesn't matter when you go or how you do it your stuff will come up and you'll be working on things that you need to work on and the Camino really calls you when it's your time to go just talk to someone who said okay I've heard it's spoken of twice I always wait for the third the third mention so I'm waiting to hear it from a third source for me to know it's my time to go so we have everything planned and we you're just carrying a light day pack we're going to be doing some activities to help because my partner and I that I'm my business partner and I that are leading this trip candy we really feel like it's a really great place to tune into your intuition and your higher self you're okay you have your phone but you're not really it doesn't work because you're out in the middle of nowhere there's a group of people, but you can choose to talk to people or not. And it's hours of your mind being able to kind of unwind, but you're walking. Yeah. So you're doing something. It's very yes. meditative. Yes. Yeah. So we'll be working on helping people do some practices as they walk, if they want to, to continue working on their intuition and connection with their higher self. All right. Now, call me crazy, but you say it's a one-way walk, but you got to come back. So what do you mean? Like you go there, but then you got to come back somehow. So, well, Santiago. Okay. So day to day, the, we have a bus that takes you out to a spot on the Camino. We walk 15 miles and the bus picks us back up and takes us back. We stay yeah. in the same hotel most of the time because you're not going that far. At the end, Santiago, the town actually sells. I know it's the most one-way tickets out of Spain, but I think it's the most one-way tickets out of Europe. 
so at the top, when you get to the end, I don't know if it's up, but it, wherever yeah. it is at the end, you can leave from Spain there. So a lot of people don't go back the other way. That's what you're saying. Right. Yeah. You, you fly out of Santiago or take a train if you're going somewhere and you just, you know, choose to go to your next, if you're going somewhere else in Europe, your next I don't recommend a big city. We tried to do that the first year we were to Lisbon afterwards. I was so overwhelmed that we had to stay yeah. out in this beach town for a week and we never went back into the city. It was way too much. So if you're doing something like this and you're planning a Camino trip, big city first, small towns after the trip. <laughs> hey, that sounds like really good advice. Very practical because once you do all that unwinding, the hustle and bustle of the city is probably so magnified, right? Oh yeah, I was in tears the first time. We got into our Airbnb in Lisbon and I was crying. I was like, I cannot, it smells, there's graffiti. It's, it was Eurovision in Lisbon. So there were so many people. It's like their American Idol for Europe was taking place in the city. Oh. I, we were, I was like, no, no, I'm out of here. We can't do this. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Wow. Well, we sure covered a lot of territory today. Is there anything that you want to, before we get to your gift, is there anything you want to say to the listeners that we didn't touch on before we wrap up? I would say for me, this whole journey has been about becoming more self-assured and taking my own road and my own path. So I would encourage them to do that. Yeah. And that's really big. I mean, I know for sure that that's one of the reasons why I'm here on earth this time is to forge my own path. For most of my career, I worked for myself. So I understand what that's like. And it does take some bravery it does. And, some, and some perseverance, but then there's a lot of value in that. And you don't have to work for yourself for your whole career to be forging your own path. There's a lot of ways to forge your own path. That's how I did it. So thank you. That's great encouragement for people. And that's a way for them to be true to themselves, which is always wonderful. Be authentic, be who you are, and you'll probably be happier. Now, you have a free gift to offer the listeners. You want to tell us about that? Yes, I have an intuitive decision-making kit. So it's a three-element three process, and it's on my front page of my website, laurattheintuitive.com. You'll find meditations and different tips and tricks and steps in there for you to start to be able to make those decisions intuitively. Excellent. I'm always thrilled to talk to somebody who is very involved with using their intuition and teaching about intuition. I completely agree with you that everybody has intuition. Years ago, I taught classes on developing intuition and it took me a really long time to develop mine. But I was always amazed at how people in the class just took to it, you know, like ducks in water or whatever. They, they had none of the resistance or whatever that I had. And it was ju it's just amazing to see how easily and quickly people can pick this up. I think the energy of things are so much faster now that people are more capable of tapping into their own um, gifts and guidance, you know. So, Laura, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of information and knowledge. That was fabulous. I'm so glad to have had you as a guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking with you. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. This is Ronnie and Ryan Love and Cosmic Coach thanking you for listening today. If you'd like cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, a psychic, intuitive, or card reading, 
or to learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading, please visit nevertolate.biz. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe and share it with someone that you love. I'll have more about love and magic next time. Until then, this is Ronnie and Ryan hoping you make the most of the love and magic that always surrounds you. Thank you.